and we're back okay so welcome to episode four of the taxi squad as promised uh and discussed in the last episode this one's going to be a little heavy we're gonna cover a pretty dark topic that's currently covering the nhl um, and in particular the chicago blackhawks so this entire episode we're gonna dive deep into the specifics of what happened if you're listening right now uh, Simon and I just, first of all, we appreciate your support first and foremost, but we want to give you this opportunity to tell you that this episode will be talking extensively about sexual assault, as well as the criminal actions committed by Brad Aldrich. So this is your trigger warning. Um, this is not going to be an episode where we go on our typical rants and have, you know, st stupid fun discussions about games and stuff like that. If you're looking for that kind of show, you'll have to wait till next week. But to be honest with you, I don't think this story, it, we're going to be doing it justice just to keep it just to this episode alone. So I feel like this will trickle forward into future episodes as well as more news comes out. But again, feel free to skip this one entirely if, you, if you're uncomfortable with any of the information that we're going to cover. We, we're going to have timestamps in this episode too, so you can skip portions if you'd like. Um, we'll try our best to timestamp it. There's one more thing I just want to say before we jump in is... This story about Brad Aldrich, uh, Kyle Beach, and the Chicago Blackhawks is just one case of sexual abuse or sexual assault where the conclusion was justice. At least that's what it's looking like right now. Not to say that there haven't been cases where retribution for the victims was delivered. Um, and also not to say that justice in this case has been fully delivered yet. But I don't think I'm in the wrong here in saying that we as a society are lucky that this stuff gets resolved. So Simon and I are thrilled that Kyle Beach is getting the respect and attention he deserves, but delivering swift justice for crimes like this is something our society, for lack of a better word, just fucking sucks at. So I'm glad this story is where it, where it is today. It took a long time for it to come to here, but again, we'll, we'll get into it now. So um, we're going to discuss five things today. So or sorry, four main things. We're going to talk about the initial allegations from July, the Blackhawks press conference from last week, Kyle Beach and the Rick Westa interview from last week, and then what's happening in and around the NHL as a result of all these things. All right, the initial report, and this is from July 22nd this year. Um, again, we're going to put a description, uh, sorry, a link in the description of this episode, wherever you're listening, so you can follow along I'm not going to read word for word all these articles or videos or whatever, because I think that would do the, the authors of these things, of this content, an injustice. It's their work. So I'm going to basically highlight the most important pieces so we all know what's going on. Um, and then we, we can just share our thoughts and whatnot. So July 22nd, TSN.com, Rick West said, TSN senior correspondent. He opens by saying, former Chicago Blackhawks player in a new court filing, um, alleges in a new co-filing that he was coaxed to visit then-video coach Brad Aldrich's apartment in May of 2010 with the promise that the two would review game video together. Uh, the details are included in documents filed Thursday, so this is back in July, in connection with the two lawsuits filed against the Blackhawks in Chicago. After the player arrived at Aldrich's apartment, Aldrich turned on pornography, began to masturbate, and threatened the player with a baseball bat, and the court filing says adding that Aldrich then ejaculated on the player while he was paralyzed with fear. So this, these findings were released in July of this year. 
the independent uh, lawyer firm that took the the reins of this investigation on uh, on their own hands is Jenner and Block, and they have the full 107 page report out now. I think they just released it in October. Yeah. We'll have a link for that as well. So if you want to read through, I'm not going to cover all of that because honestly, I I read it myself, and some of the details made me sick to my stomach. Yeah. I guess I was just too naive to know that shit like this happened, but it was a wake up wake up call for myself. So just a clarification on one of the things you brought up. So one of the things you said is that uh, uh, Kyle Beach was threatened with a baseball bat. Uh, just a little bit of context. He was threatened that if he left, he would be yep. uh, hit with the baseball bat, just to clarify anything that you guys may be thinking. But yeah, go ahead. Yep. Yep. Sorry about that. Thanks. Um, okay. So uh, reading further into the document, um, in one and one law, one, I can't talk right now. In one lawsuit, a former Blackhawks player who is identified in court records as John Doe, one, um, alleges that he and a teammate were sexually assaulted by Aldrich, who is no longer with the organization. The player alleges that he shared news of the assaults with team sports psychologist James Gary. He was told the incident was his fault. A second lawsuit filed against the Blackhawks by a former hockey uh, high school hockey player in Michigan referred to in court documents as John Doe, John Doe two, alleges that after learning of the allegations against Aldrich, the team allowed him to remain on staff through the summer of 2010 and then gave him a positive job reference. That reference allowed him to coach with the high school team in, in Houghton, Michigan, where Aldrich sexually, sexually assaulted the teenage player. Aldrich was later sentenced to nine months in prison and a probation for 60 months. Uh, and so right now, I guess you could say the allegations or at least what whatever Brad Aldrich did to the high school student, that has been dealt with. The new court records filed by the plaintiffs in response to the Blackhawks motions uh, to dismiss that were filed earlier this month, being July, offer more details about the allegations and the fallout after the former Blackhawks player reported the alleged abuse to his team. So uh, just, just paraphrasing a little bit more over here. Uh, the one quote I wanna outline from this article by Rick Westhead is, quote unquote, in the years following the abuse of plaintiff John Doe by Aldrich, plaintiff was subjected to humiliating trash talking by his teammates during scrimmages where coaches were present. The court documents say, the Blackhawks permitted its players to repeatedly harass plaintiff by calling him a F, uh, the F word basically, and asking him if he couldn't focus because he wanted to quote unquote, suck someone off among other similar harassing statements. And so, okay, all these reports, all these findings were released in the initial investigation stages back in July. Again, if you want to read the whole thing, there's uh, there's a 107-page report that's made publicly available on the website of Jenner and Block, um, and that's available for everyone's uh, everyone's reading. If you want, you can go in. We'll drop a link, as I mentioned. Yep. So this was released in July. Since then, what's happened is the investigation took place. Um, I think there were 149 different witnesses who were interviewed between then and now yep. by Jenner and Block. Uh, and the lawyer firm, they were independent of the Chicago Blackhawks. So they claimed that there was no interference between them and the investigation that they wanted to, uh, to run, as well as the league. No, no other party interfered or was a roadblock to essentially what they wanted to achieve, which was a full understanding of what the hell happened. 
So the main issue here isn't Brad Aldrich. Of course, he was the perpetrator. He was the, he was the culprit. He, we don't condone any of his behavior or his actions. And I'm glad he was at least sentenced to jail for some time. The problem is what the Blackhawks did, or rather what they did not do as a result of this. Because they knew way back in 2010, during the playoffs, this was May 2010, that this was happening, but not enough was done. And this is where I bring up the news conference with the Chicago Blackhawks. So before I jump in, Simon, do you want to say anything? Uh, I mean, you've done a, I mean, you've done a great job covering it so far. And I think the interesting thing is you say that not enough was done. Well, I would counter with nothing was done. They yeah. did nothing. Like that's like that's the and it's like we're we're gonna get into it more in a second. Like, I'm sure like I'm sure we kind of get into it more. So save more of my thoughts for that. But uh, yeah, just wow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, simply put, this is this is criminal negligence. I'm not wrong, yeah. saying, right? Yeah. No, you're not. No. Yeah. So, on October 26th, uh, Rocky and Danny Wirtz they had a press conference, and this is released. Uh, I, I think I found the link for this on the Sportsnet YouTube channel. Um, this was around 17 minutes long. I took my notes as well on this one. Um, it was between Rocky and Danny Wirtz. So I believe they're the the CEO and chairman of the Chicago Blackhawks yep. currently. Yep. Yeah, Rocky, Rocky Wirtz is the owner, I believe. I believe he's still right. the team owner. He has been for a while, but yeah. Uh, and then the this video was in conjunction with lead investigator from Jenner and Block. Right, he's yeah, yeah. Reed, Reed Shar. Right, right. Okay, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, okay. So the timeline from this interview now is as follows. May 2010, 27-year-old Brad Aldrich, former video coach of the Blackhawks, um, and John Doe uh, had a sexual encounter. This was when Brad... Sorry, when Brad Aldrich was 27 years old and yep. John Doe, who we now know as Kyle Beach, mm -hmm. is 20 years old. Yep. For the moment, I'm just going to refer to Kyle Beach as John Doe because I'm going to go in chronolo chronological order here until we finally cover the interview between Kyle yes, Beach and yeah. yep. Okay. So this lines up with what we know so far. Beach in, so sorry, John Doe in uh, May 2010 was called up from the Chicago Black Aces. So this is Chicago's minor league affiliate team to fill in for injuries. What we know is between May 8 and 9, John Doe had a sexual encounter with Brad Aldrich. Obviously, both have wildly different recollections of what happened. I don't think that's shocking. Mm -hmm. uh, but the days following the encounter, John Doe didn't tell many people out of shock and fear. On May 23rd, 2010, Hawks Senior Director of Hockey Administration, Al McIsaac, was told by a Hawks employee that there may have been sexual encounter between John Doe and Aldrich. So between then, obviously, you can't imagine what uh, John Doe, Kyle Beach would have been going through. But for those two weeks, couldn't really tell much. And from the interview, he was afraid. He was paralyzed. He was scared. He withheld a lot of the information just because of he did not even understand what was going on and understandable. Anyone in that position would react similarly. May 23rd, though, was when he gave the news to Al McIsaac who then dispatched a mental skills coach and team counselor, Jim Gary, to gather further details of what happened. And then I think one hour after the game in May 2010, where the Hawks secured their berth in the Stanley Cup finals this year, of that year, there was a meeting between five parties. President John McDonough, Alma Kaizik, Stan Bowman, Jade Blunk, I think he was the VP at the time, and Assistant General Manager Kevin Shevdayoff, as well as 
Coach Quenville and Counselor Gary. So at this point, Counselor Jim Gary knows what happened. He had the full conversation with John Doe a couple of weeks before then. He knows what had happened. These five met and they discussed and learned about what had happened from Jim Gary. Obviously the recollections of this meeting specifically, again, very wildly, not surprised. Um, but the problem with this meeting was that once they were told of this encounter, the conversation in the meeting quickly turned to whether or not it was even appropriate to discuss or reveal this story amidst the team's successful playoff run. The conversation in this meeting was they didn't want a distraction from the team's on-ice performance. And so as a result, no action was taken for three weeks following this meeting. It was literally left in ambiguity. June 14th, playoffs were over. This is three weeks after that meeting now. Now the director of the H of HR and the Chicago Blackhawks was told the report, but since then, three weeks, nothing was done by senior leaders. This includes the five parties who were in that call. Mm -hmm. So the most important point here from the video is this, number one, violated the Hawks' own sexual harassment policy, which literally indicates that any investigation related to sexual assault have to be dealt with promptly and thoroughly. Three weeks of nothing is neither promptly nor thoroughly. Yep. That's a direct attack against the policy. Yep. Aldrich kept working with and traveling with the team during the stretch as well, might I add. And shortly after that, I think this was around or right after the championship, made a sexual advancement with an intern at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Aldrich was also given the opportunity to celebrate with the cup, had his own ring, brought the cup to his hometown, et cetera, et cetera. June 14th, Aldrich was finally given an option from HR to either undergo an investigation into what had happened with John Doe or resign. He chose to resign. And after this, no investigation was conducted. It's also said that he was given a positive letter of reference that I mentioned earlier. And that's how we got his future jobs. That's where he committed another act of sexual assault later on. So that's the problem. We know Aldrich was, we know what he did and he was later thrown in jail, but this lack of investigation allowed Aldrich to do that. It's criminal negligence. I'm gonna repeat that again. Uh, Rocky and Danny later stated on the call that Stan Bowman stepped aside from his position. So this is last, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and this is, so this is where I'm going to get your, your thoughts. Now they went on to say, I still can't believe they said this. They wanted to say that Stan Bowman was extremely professional and cooperative with the investigation. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Whatever he may have been, but there were no remarks on Stan Bowman in that video, in that conference of doing anything wrong they just said it was a mistake and that if it happened in 2021 stan is a changed man and he would not have done the same thing they've mm -hmm. said that yeah. they said that like are you fucking kidding me like this is <laughs> like yeah like i've this trend has been going around a lot the last little bit, and it's like it it, it it sucks, right? Like, I was listening to Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick talk about this. I think it was yesterday or two days ago. It might have been yesterday. Um, when I think it was Kevin Sheveldayov talked to the media 
um, and after the Gary Bettman press conference. And the one thing that I think was sad that I really agree with, just, uh, with everyone involved right now, I think it's just a lack of empathy. And it's embarrassing, really. I mean, especially if you look at the way that people are talking about, uh, well, sorry, not people, like Bill Daly and Gary Bettman, supposedly the, the two people who run the NHL, when they talk about um, how it basically just feels like they're trying to kind of like, okay, uh, it's over now. Uh, we, we investigated it. We've, we, uh, Joel Quenville stepped down, Stan Bowman stepped down. Kevin Sheldov wasn't necessarily guilty, which again, we can, t- we can touch on it a bit when we talk about uh, his meeting with the commissioner, but like, it's just embarrassing, really. Like it's, well, it's sorry. It's more than that. It's unacceptable. It's gross. It's like, uh, it's the league violating its own policies and not even punishing the team that hard, that harshly for it really. Like, we talked about this last episode. Uh, I think the New Jer- the Arizona Coyotes were fined, I think, $3 million in a draft pick for for violating um, draft combine policies and working out players. You're serious? And, and I think, Quinn? We'll, we'll get into the... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, no problem. Yep. Um, one thing I want to say, though, with that is, mm-hmm. I don't care if they were fined $3 million and the Chicago Blackhawks were fined $2 million. Fine, whatever. But doing that sets a precedent. Yeah, and that's I didn't the thing, the right? Yeah. You did, Mr. Gary Bettman. Yeah. You are now saying that that draft combine situation is worse, worse than sexual than assault. Sexual assault and covering it up. Not even the fact that, like, to, like, it's not just the fact that there was sexual assault. It's the fact that the organization fully knew about it, and they chose not to do anything about it. And, and you know, it's like, like, the whole thing with Stan Bowman, like, and then like it's it's just disappointing really like because like the sorry so a little bit of context here so like after so so the, we talked about the last episode as well they put the Leafs played the Blackhawks last week and I think last week was the was the first time that like the report actually got broken by Jenner and Block and of course like Stan Bowman was fired and then like you hear Jonathan Taves after the after the the game saying you know uh, Stan Bowman is. Uh, he was he's been he's done so many great things for my career him and al mcisaac like man like it, it, it's just disappointing like considering because like jonathan taves for a while like not even for a while up until up until this whole thing he was probably my favorite nhl player like he is the reason i got into hockey and hearing him say that and not even saying like not even really apologizing to kyle beach i mean he said i'm sorry for the stuff he had to go through uh like it's not good enough, man. Like, not like none of it is. Like, and it's just, I don't know. Like, it's people keep talking about it. How, like, oh, how, how it's, it's such a horrible look on the league. Like, man, it's just, there's been a black cloud over the league the last seven days. And rightfully so. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there shouldn't be after this whole incident, but like, it just sucks that it seems like at every corner where there's people who people looked up to in the NHL, they let literally everyone down by failing to take accountability and actually like helping solve the problem as opposed to trying to brush it under the rug and just trying to get people to forget about it. I think that's the biggest thing that like, especially once the Stan Bowman stuff came out, I, like, I kind of came to my mind, but anyways. 
Yeah, so I have the specific quotes from Jonathan Tays and Patrick Kane. I have two versions, what they said last Wednesday, as well as what they said this Monday. So I'll get into that and the variations between those two in just yeah. a bit. Okay. That itself is very embarrassing. Yeah. I'm going to rewind a little bit. So Stan Bowman, after he stepped down, yep. um, he released a statement. God. This yeah. statement did not include any apology whatsoever no. or acknowledgement no. of the criminal investigation into sexual assault. No. He did not show any empathy for John Doe or Kyle Beach. Mm-hmm. And it was honestly, the entire statement was vanilla soft he instead made a remark about winning championships with the chicago blackhawks and the words family he made it clear that what he did this this investigation that's been going on was just a minor part of his of his term he wants you to remember that instead what he should be known for from the chicago blackhawks is the championships he won the three cups this dynasty of a team yeah and this is in a statement following his resignation. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And like, that's the other thing. He resigned. He wasn't fired. He was resigned. He resigned. He stepped down. Isn't that, isn't that another problem? Like, you seriously gonna let you're gonna let him step down after covering up a like after covering up a case of sexual assault and doing absolutely nothing about it? Really? All right, like. I, yeah, but yeah, like that. Like so, that statement you're talking about with Stan Bowman, like, complete, like, like I said, a complete just failure on his account, on his part to take any accountability for what happened. Like, because I think what happened was a terrible, terrible thing. But like, the fact he didn't even say like, "I'm sorry that I didn't report it. I'm sorry that like I did not do my part to try to help prevent this." It was literally just, I appreciate the, I appreciate my time with the Blackhawks. Thanks to the Brits owners or whatever. Like, it's just, it just really just like, and I said that, I think I've said this like a bunch of times already so far this episode, like, it just feels like they're just trying to sweep, sweep it on. He's just trying to sweep it under the rug. Okay, let's move on. Uh, I'm, I'm done with the Blackhawks now. Like I'm not, I'm no longer, it's almost like he's saying I'm no longer associated with this scandal. Well, you are, but I mean, sure. Go off. Like, I don't know. I it's it was so bad. I I pulled up the statement yesterday and I could not believe what I was reading. I was expecting some sort of remorse, maybe just an ounce of empathy, maybe a word in there that made him that maybe gave the impression like he gave a shit, but clearly not. He's hiding behind his ass. He's a wimpy sack of shit. He doesn't care. Welcome to the show, my man. It sucks, but that's kind of what we're getting at. Well, what we will be getting at shortly. <laughs> So right after that uh, news conference, Stan Bowman stepped down. The day after, John Doe revealed himself to be Kyle Beach. Yep. So I think last Wednesday, October the 27th, if I'm not getting my dates wrong, was when the conference happened with the Blackhawks. 28th when Kyle Beach stepped up and revealed himself, this is who I am, I'm John Doe, and this is my story. So again, this interview, highly, highly urge you to watch this if you have the time. Again, if you've made it this far in this podcast, uh, I thank you, but there's only so much Simon and I can say. The original credit goes to Rick Westhead. So he was the one who spearheaded this entire thing. Katie Strang did a phenomenal job as well, but Rick Westhead, he conducted this interview live on TSN last Thursday. Mm -hmm. 
very emotional. Like yeah. Yeah. I watched the whole thing and it's tough. Like I've never yeah. seen before in my life. And I think it's a message for everyone. It's like, it's a wake up call for myself. I was naive in not knowing that shit like this happened in the first place mm-hmm. until I properly read and discovered and watched these videos. Yeah. Like I've been watching sports, I think for like 10 years, 11 years now, something like that. That's your, that part of it's irrelevant. But what I'm getting at is I've watched many, many, many interviews with many, many, many different people, different players, different media coverage, sorry, different uh, interviewers, different scenarios. That interview with Kyle Beach might have been the hardest one to watch out of any of them. Mm-hmm. Like that, that shit was tough. Like, and man, like, you're like, and I'm, I'm right there with you. Like I've, I've been extremely naive during this process as well. Cause I, and I think part of it's like, again, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but like being someone who like talks about, Oh, I love this player. I love that player. I think part of that comes with like, I didn't think this league was capable of that. And then to finally find out that like, not only does it happen, but they don't actually take the proper measures and actual the prop like the prop they don't follow their own protocols to actually like report it and actually deal with the problem and why is that because apparently in their own mind they feel like uh winning is more important than the like not even just the well-being of their own players but like just like like dealing with criminal injustice that's literally what it is their, their video coach sexually assaulted a player and what's the result oh we won the cup that's the priority apparently so what we can take away from this so far is the chicago blackhawks i'm gonna give them i hate giving them the benefit of the doubt but that team stan bowman anyone involved with the team from that era Mm -hmm. clearly valued the performance on the ice more than humanity that's it Agreed. They don't care what happens off the ice. You got to win a championship, right? That's what matters. Yeah. Got to get a ring on the finger, right? Yeah. yeah. Who gives a fuck about what happens off the ice? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I'm so also, bad. Also, also, sorry. We, th- we threw out Taves and Kane. I'm going to we'll throw a little, I'm going to throw, make sure we throw Duncan Keith out there as well because his, uh-huh. uh, his media availabilities were just as embarrassing, if not worse. Oh my God. That was, yeah. Like, Anyways, uh, we, we can get into that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, just overall, just there's a there's a theme here, guys. There's a there's a there is a there's a very present theme, which is very 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 bad, which we will get to later on. But man, just <laughs> yeah. And okay, so I'm gonna quickly summarize what happened in the video. Some yep, of the go ahead. How relieved? Oh, uh, sorry. Revealed. Yeah. Uh, he mentioned that he's currently playing in the third league in Germany. Uh, I put a note here saying, doesn't that make you think like where this guy was at one point? And I think right after this season, shortly after, he wasn't playing in the NHL anymore. Mm-hmm. Think about what could have happened. The Chicago Blackhawks single-handedly ruined this man's entire career. Yep. Like, a lot of people... if, it had handled, if it had been handled at all, I'm not saying appropriately, I'm saying at all, mm-hmm. Kyle Beach wouldn't be where he was today. And that's the thing, right? Like you say, we might have, like, we'll never know. Like a lot of people were talking about this guy at the time, like not at the time, like I think for a while he was regarded as like one of the top 
power forward, top power forward prospects in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And then like I was doing was scrolling, doing my daily Twitter scroll, like a couple, like it was last week. And you see all these articles come up. Uh, people are going back and finding all these articles where people are talking about, is Kyle Beach a bust? Is he like, is, is he one of the biggest busts of all time? I mean, no. And again, there's more to it than just that. You never know what people are going through. So again, I guess kind of goes to show like, don't judge a book by its cover. But like the fact that we'll never know is just, it's, it's really too bad. So saying that's an understatement. There's a, there's a lot of things that it is. Well, I'll start by saying that, but like the fact that we'll never know what Kyle Beach could have been in the NHL because a video coach sexually assaulted him and the team didn't report it and actually didn't deal with it for until they're actually caught in the act. It's, it's, just, it's, it's brutal. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then at the end of the, like, no one, no one says they're sorry. No one says, oh, I'm sorry that we did this to you. I'm sorry we didn't report it. It's literally just like, I'm sorry you, it's like, it's like when you're a kid and it's like, and like someone apologizes to you, but the fake apology, it's like, I'm sorry that you, that, that, that my words hurt you, you know, it's, or, or, it's, or I'm or sorry like, that you found out. Exactly. Basically. Basically. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry that, that, that my actions made you feel the way that you do. It's like, what? <laughs> Really? Yeah. That's a good like it's, it. like it's it's just a whole whole lot of fucked up. Like yeah. yeah. You're not wrong there. So in the interview, Kyle Beach went on to say that uh shortly after the incident, mm-hmm. he was left alone. It felt dark. There was nobody he could turn to for help. Uh his dream of playing in the NHL was quickly shattered. The first person he told about the incident was Paul Vincent, uh, in a hotel room right. in San Jose. Mm-hmm. his family like his mom took personal responsibility for like maybe not protecting him as much as she could have oh my god That's um like kyle beach recalled being sick to his stomach about this he knew the story made it all the way up to the chain of command the uh in the chicago blackhawks organization but mm-hmm. he knew that nothing happened which made kyle feel that he was not important he did not exist and that brad was in the right and kyle was in the wrong yeah and he was yeah. further fueled by the fact that the team counselor Jim Gary told him to his face that this was his own fault that this happened because he put himself in that position. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the key thing there is like, like you said, I think the key quote we should be pointing out here is the fact that Kyle beach was made to feel like he was in the wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's, Oh my God. Yeah. And yeah. Honestly, I think our society is doing a better job these days of actually pointing out, no, that's not what you do. <laughs> like when, I, when I, I, to, I like to think so, but yeah. I'd like to think so too. <laughs> Honestly, my faith in humanity has been recently destroyed over the last few weeks. So I don't know what I can tell yeah. you, yeah. but I hope our world continues moving in the direction of whoever suffered, whoever was the victim of these things was put in a position where they cannot act the way that you want them to. To be clear, Kyle Beach didn't do this because he wanted to. So I, I saw some people on Twitter saying, oh, Kyle Beach is, you know, he's a strong guy. He's in, he's in the NHL. How could he have yeah, like six, four, one, thir- like two, that's, three, whatever. Yeah, like, like, that's, like the problem. Yeah. that's the problem. If you are questioning that, you are the problem. Yep. yep. 
It's not physicality or the size of who you are that determines who you are in the world. It's the power that you have. Brad Aldrich was the video coach. During the encounter with Kyle Beach, he repeatedly stated over and over again, hey, I'm the one who can make and break your NHL career. If you say anything, number one, I have this baseball bat right with me. And number two, I'll fuck you up. I'll, I'll ruin your career. He yeah. said that. Yeah. yeah. People abuse positions of power to get these stuff, to get stupid shit like this done. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. think, like, is there, and think about that. What, what, like, what's the one word people often use to describe like NHL players and people who are in the like NHL circle? It's privilege. Mm-hmm. It's literally white privilege. Like, it's it's the old like, boys club. Like, oh, yeah. the league. Yep. You're part of the you're part of the crew now. Yep. Oh yeah. Like, why else do you think Peter Shirelli has a job right now? Like, not to throw not to throw jabs or anything, but like, seriously, like, look at the like. It's literally just the old same guys being recycled from team to team. Like, I have I have more news on the old boys club. I recently discovered something else recently that'll. Okay. I'm not sure if you know, but it'll it, it might be. I probably don't, or maybe I do. I don't know. That's uh, no. Anyway, so in the interview, Kyle later went to talk about how this caused him to slip into alcohol, drugs, but obviously Rick West heads, um his movement that he made through the internet, the investigations that he ran kind of vindicated him finally. And so the most important point of this interview, in my opinion, though, was when Kyle mentioned that the word around the team spread quickly. Everyone in the locker room knew about it at the time because comments were made in the locker room, on the ice, in the arena. So Kyle said on air that the players, the staff, the media knew about it as well. Brent Sopel, who used to be a player on the Blackhawks team, also, I think a couple months or so earlier, said it verbatim that everyone on the team knew as well. So that lines up. Now keep that in mind, okay? Because I'm going to get into Taze and Kane shortly, but keep that in mind. Everyone knows. Uh, The toughest part of the interview was when Kyle apologized for what happened to the Michigan student. Uh, I don't know what to say over there. Like, I personally hope to see a day where both him and the student meet up. Um, you can't blame Kyle for feeling that way, but at the same time, you can't blame him for what he did or did not do. The party of fault here is the Hawks, so it's their their inaction that caused it all. Yeah. Let's not forget about that. Um, and then one thing, one other thing that Kyle mentioned in that interview was Joe Quenville. So. He said that there was no way that Joe Quenville was not aware of the situation, the investigation, and what had happened between between himself and Brad. Mm-hmm. And that there was no way that he could deny it. Because mm-hmm. apparently there were meetings in Joe Quenville's office. And Joe Quenville on the call, remember the, the call I mentioned with the five parties? He was the one saying that trying to win the Stanley Cup was more important than sexual assault. That's not the quote, but that's the vibe that they were giving. That's their message. Yeah. I think the quote was something like, uh, given where we are right now, again, given what this team has been through, I don't think they'd be able to get to the cup if, or I don't think it'd be able to overcome this or something like that. I think that was the general quote. But yeah, you're right. The overall vibe was, uh, we can't say this because we want to win the Stanley Cup. That was the vibe. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> And then the interview ended with Rick Westhead asking Kyle Beach, why are you revealing yourself now? Like, 
you were called John Doe for the past few months or the last year. Why are you saying, why are you revealing who you are now? Why Kyle Beach? Kyle Beach then mentioned that he kind of buried this for 11 years. It destroyed him slowly from the inside. Um, but recently he wants people to know that whoever suffers from sexual assault, you are not alone. Um, and that the, you need to speak up. There are support systems. If you're a victim, there are people who will be there to support you. Kyle wants systemic change to make sure this never happens again, because it can affect everyone, regardless of race, gender, age, ethnicity, et cetera. The only unfortunate thing about his situation was that in his case, the information was just revealed to the wrong people. And that's to no one's, that's not to his fault. Mm -hmm. Just the people that found out about this in the first place, according to, uh, according to Kyle, just had too much skin in the game, quote unquote. Yep. So no one who'd actually care about him, they just cared about the cop. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I think our society now, 11 years later, has a lot more systems in place. There's a lot more resources. If you're a victim, we have specific, uh, we're gonna drop links in the description of this below. Please reach out. Um, obviously there's only so much that Simon and I can say. We are not experts on, on sexual assault or abuse in any kind, but we can provide resources. And this is the outlet that we want to spread this news on. There's a reason we're doing this podcast. And this is one of them. Yep. And you, yeah, you nailed it. Uh, yeah, like there's, there's, like, there's not only, sorry. There's only so much we can say, right? Like, again, if we obviously have a platform, we're using it. It might not be a huge platform, but like, I think it's just getting, being more comp. I think that thing, that's a lesson for a lot of people right now. Or I think that's a I think a lot of a lesson that people should be taking out of this whole thing. Like, man, like, regardless of how big your platform is, you have a platform. And I mean, like, it's part, like, use your platform to help dictate change doesn't necessarily have to be with like sexual assault although it should be or at least you should try to help fix help reduce like help help the fix the problem like this also goes out with stuff that's like not that not just like stuff like this like like social justice uh just anything that you that you think should be right anything you think is right and, you, and it's not right now use your platform to speak up like you talked about it like the part of the reason we think that this that this that, that sorry part of the reason that you think that the story stayed relevant is because people kept getting keep bringing this thing up on twitter like man just, like just use your platform like man and unfortunately the some of the biggest people who can use their platform are choosing not to mm -hmm. we can get into that as well you want to get into that uh, I may as well, we're already here. Yeah, so, okay, I'm conflicted with what I think about this. Obviously, Rick Westhead, Katie Strang, mm -hmm. they did a great job at pushing the story, but I, I was a little disappointed by the lack of others. Like, I'm just going to say, it. like, Elliot Friedman has a huge yep. audience. He has a ton of yep. followers. Jeff Merrick as well. I listened to their podcast recently as well. And they mentioned that they apologize for not taking a bigger role in this investigation. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I think about that yet. I think different circumstances for different people like you, I don't know. I honestly don't know what to say. I think stories like this, they don't get as many clicks as a sexy story about the Toronto Maple Leafs making a deadline acquisition. Will sure. Get, right. Sure. Yeah. That's just the way our society is. Mm -hmm. So 
every one of these reporters, they're they're employed by a particular firm, right? They have to do what's in the best for the interests of that firm. That's that's the mantra that they're told to pursue. But there are investigative journalists who make this their job to make sure that stories like this get out there as well. So I understand why Rick did it and why Elliot Friedman did not do it. But at the same time, I wish there was a a better balance there. Like you have so many more followers. Obviously a story like that would have spread more and this maybe would have, you know, been dealt with earlier had someone like Elliot Freeman or Jeff Merrick or anyone else up there with the millions of followers that they have. Kyle Beach mentioned this himself. Uh, if they took the reins of this investigation themselves, who knows where we'd be today, but they didn't. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah. Like I think the Elliot Friedman and the Jeff Merrick are probably the two biggest people who are being... I don't want to say scrutinized, but maybe just kind of the two biggest people right now in the media part of this that are being that are in question. And I think I think part of the reason of it is that they both came out with statements regarding their involvement and in covering it. Um, I believe Elliot Friedman said he was covering like the draft or the off season, and he didn't, and he thought he could do both. And he thought he could cover the the uh, the story with the Blackhawks, um, as well as covering stuff like the draft and the top prospects or whatever it was. I can't even remember exactly what it was. It was dealing something with transactions, like you mentioned. Um, when I listen to his apology, like, I'm talking more talking about Elliot Freeman because that that's the one that's more engraved in my head. Because again, like this is like Elliot Freeman's a guy who a lot of people look at as like the insider of hockey. Now that Bob McKenzie has kind of taken a step down, because I think people consider him to be it for a while. But now that like Bob McKenzie's like, so no, now that Elliot Freeman's like the guy, I can I can see why a lot of why a lot of people are upset with his decision making. Because I'll be honest, I was I was disappointed. Like when you're covering a story like this, you shouldn't shouldn't it get your full attention? Shouldn't you be spending every minute of your waking? Like and and like any minute you're covering anything, shouldn't it be dictated? It shouldn't it be sorry dedicated to something as serious as this. And maybe that's the problem. And again, I I guess like I was disappointed in him for sure, but I guess going forward, like he he said a lot of the right things in my opinion. Like, am I completely over the fact? Sorry, am I over the fact that he that he didn't that he basically decided to multitask the story? I mean, no. I might still disappointed. Yeah, a bit, if I'm being honest. But, like, I guess all you can really hope going forward is that, like, he and Jeff Merrick learn from this experience and kind of if, again, any good, and again, maybe we, maybe we can get into this a bit later. But if you want to prove that how, how this, this is how you really felt, something sounds like there's another sexual assault case coming up with the whole, with the Bill mm-hmm. Guerin accusations in Pittsburgh. Let's see it. Uh, like, again, like, it's, show me show me your show me your changed show me that you've learned from this experience i think a lot of people are just feel so sick to their stomach talking about a covering like and i can't think sorry not that i want opportunities like this to happen but like i can't think of a better opportunity for jeff merrigan to elliot freeman and for, and for elliot freeman to show that they've changed than this up than what might be coming up out with this bill garen story because it sounds like it's going to be another doozy. Um, I was going to say something. Sorry, go ahead. You, you look like you're going to say something. Go ahead. I was, I'm going to 
Yeah, there's there's like a million thoughts in my mind as well right now too. So um, I think, so I'm still, I totally understand why you would feel that way about Elliot Friedman. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people feel that way as well. That's justified. Like you have a platform, like we talked, you talked about this as well. You got to use it, right? Yep. Uh, I'm just not sure as like what the extent is with their, like how much freedom that they have in their individual roles and their companies. Yeah, see, so that, 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 that's what I was going to say. So there's there's a lot of things we don't know right yeah yeah and one one theory that i saw and again i don't know how true this is because i feel like if this was true we would have heard maybe a bit more hinting at it in elliot friedman and jeff merrick's story but i saw a theory talking about what if sports that just didn't want them to go anywhere near the story like yeah and again like i'm not one to say like that definitely happened because again we don't know like that that's the reality we we will we don't know we probably will never know but like i'm trying to give them a little bit of like i'm trying to cut them a bit of slack do they deserve it i mean you can have that debate i like to think that that they're like elliot freeman's sense would would be a bit better than i don't want to cover it but for the reasons that he described but like that's just part of the thing like like we're never gonna know you never know at the end of the day though i think this is like I mentioned, like a wake up call, not only for the fans of the sport, but also the people who talk about the sure. sport, write about like, the sport. So like you mentioned, we'll see what happens going forward, right? There's a ton of stuff like this yeah. that always happens, but who knows, maybe now it'll be covered more. Like you said something last week, which I thought was like really, really well put. Um, and that was this whole Chicago Blackhawks uh, scandal. I'm just gonna call it a scandal. Mm-hmm. This scandal really put a lot of things into perspective, I think, just as a fan of the sport. Because, again, we're both Leafs fans. I think at the time this broke, people were talking about, oh, trade Marner, trade Matthews. Like, it kind of shows, like, that – sorry, there's a lot more things – there's a lot more important things in this world than just, just hockey, the sport itself. There's a lot more that goes into it, and, and uh, more than just trades, goals, results, uh, Stanley Cup winners, Hart Trophy winners. Like, sure, that's a thing that people like to talk about because, I mean, it's not sad, it's not depressing, it's not. But like, I think it's just it puts things into perspective. Like this, like things like this happen, mm-hmm. and it happens, and it, it happens in places where sometimes it happens in places where you where you would almost never expect it to happen doesn't make it right but it's it happens and again i think me and you have both talked about i think we up until recently we were in a naive place where we didn't really think that this was like this was capable of happening or at least that's how i felt in the nhl but we were both like i was like i was wrong so i think i think it kind of i think it just makes you look at everything with the way less broad like you look things with a wider view now as opposed to the way I might have been looking at it before. Honestly, I think back on what we were saying in the last episode, and I somewhat even regret that we did not talk about this more than we did. Just because, like, yeah, we didn't know much about the situation as much as we do now at the time. Um, But like, now that I think back on what we were talking about, what were we mentioning? Like, oh, trade Marner, trade Riley, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yo, I don't care. I don't care what happens on the ice anymore. Like stuff like this is way more important. Like it just, this has completely changed my perspective on 
hockey or sports or anything that you'd like yep. to do for a living. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure. Whatever. It's fun. Great. Pray. I hope they win the cup. Don't give a shit. I want this issue resolved first. Like, how has it not tainted like, your view of the sport over the last week? You know, like, I think that's a good point. Because, um, like, like, there has been a real, like, black cloud over the NHL for the past week, and rightfully so. And one thing I've been trying not to do is I've been trying not to look at this as, like, um, this is how I feel or like, this is how I look at this, this is how I, I'm trying, like, I'm trying not to make it about myself because at the end of the day, like I like, we can help with the problem, but at the end of the day, how we feel doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Like the, like, I think, I think it's useful to reflect. I think it's useful to look back on how you feel like in terms of like looking at it, looking at things more objectively now, kind of looking at things more than you like in a, wider respect of me than before but like man like the, right now the only thing that really should matter is like how kyle beach is treated by the nhl and the blackhawks as well as john doe two or john doe one rather john doe two. and like two yeah okay sorry john doe two john doe two um and just so we can see how the nhl tries to fix the problem because right now like it looks like they're not going to. But, I mean, no. again, again, we we can touch on that on the in the Gary Batman interview. But like, yeah, this league like is is uh, still backwards. This league is very very backwards still. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. compare this to the other leagues just because there's their NHL is not close, not close. Mm-mm. They get a lot of things wrong still. They're late to a lot of things. They knew about this investigation a long time before the Chicago Blackhawks did. At least that's the that's what the report states, right? The NHL knew about this, but they didn't do anything. The NHLPA knew about this multiple times, but they did not do anything. Mm-hmm. The reasoning behind that was they didn't think. The NHLPA did not think that this sexual assault case fell under their jurisdiction. They told John Doe, Kyle Beach, to talk about it with the Chicago Blackhawks because that's where they could deal with the problems there. Like, yo, yo, do you know what the NHLPA does? Just a question. What do they do? Oh my God. Yeah. So to protect the players, man. Uh-huh. Represent the players. Yeah. I don't think so. They don't give a shit. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I don't... this is the thing, right? Like, like I've like I've had this thought so many times the last like, because here's the thing. So we obviously knew that Joel Quenville coached the Florida Panthers like last week. That was a thing. We fully knew that Mark that um that uh Kevin Chevaldeov was a GM of the Jets before his interview with or before when he had this talk with Gary Batman. That was a thing. Donald Fair, I believe, is still the the head of the NHLPA. That's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Like. How with anyone involved with the situation, whether it's Florida Panthers players, the the Winnipeg Jets, uh, coaching staff, uh, training staff, players, uh, owner, like how do you look at or like or, or um, what's the last one I was talking about? Uh, Kevin Chevaldeov. Anyways, like how do you look at these guys and be like, yeah, I like if you're a Florida Panthers player, how do you look up at Joel Quenville and be, oh yeah, I'd go to war for him. Yeah, I, not anymore. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, let's go play a game of hockey for this guy who 
was almost was one of the leaders in the cover-up of a sexual assault investigation. Yeah, I don't we'll get into the coach Quenville and yeah. Kevin Day off and their yeah. yeah, I don't right off the bat that one game where he coached the Florida Panthers and <laughs> the league didn't do anything about it. That's a horrible look, man. I don't know how you do that. Like, I will never forget that. Yeah. And if you're John, if you're, oh, I forgot, forgot his first name. What's his first name? I just, I just forgot. Joel. Joel. Yeah. I was going to say John. Joel Quenville. Like if you have any ounce of respect for humanity or what Kyle Beach went through, you would not coach that game, but you did. You heartless piece of shit. You coach he that care. game. He doesn't care. His statement was literally, I don't rec- I don't recall any of it. He doesn't care. That's the reality. He doesn't care. Like, you're right. He, he is a piece of shit. But, like, he, does, like, he doesn't care. He's the highest paid coach in the NHL. He does not care. You know who else doesn't care? He has his rings. He has his money. Oh boy, who I like playing this game. Who doesn't care? There's so, so many options. All right. So this, I'm gonna read out loud this tweet now. You tell me who it is. Okay, okay, where is this? Um this game. when asked, so when this player was asked if he felt compelled to take action when he became aware of what happened between Beach and video coach Brad Aldrich, this player said this. I mean, no, not really. I think to be honest with you and straightforward, I thought what I heard at the beginning uh, was the beginning and the end of it. And not that it was a joke, but it was something that wasn't taken super seriously at the time. I thought Brad, Brad being let go or resigning from the organization was the way that it was dealt with. And to me, it was water under the bridge. Had I been more connected in any way to the situation and known some of the more gory, gory details of it, I'd like to say, yeah, I would have acted differently in my role as captain for sure. Okay, that gave it away. Was it John? That's my boy, Jonathan yeah. Taves. I, I hope he's not your boy anymore. He, no, he's not. I'm so sad. <laughs> he goes on to say this. Um, when asked about Stan Bowman, he said, listen, I knew Stan very well. I know him as a great man. He did a lot for me personally, coming into the league and just over the course of my career. I'm sure he probably would have handled things a little bit differently nowadays. But what happened in the past, and I think the organization made the right moves to get the Blackhawks going forward in the right steps and making sure we're trending forward. Nope. What? Nope. No. No. Mm-mm. Not it. Mm-mm. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Kane said something very similar. Yeah. Again, like, they don't care. They don't care. They do. They, they like, I'm making up the name this episode. They do not care. No one in a situation cares. No one. You want to hear the worst one? Kay said this. This was right after the Toronto Maple Leafs game last Wednesday. He said oh, this. yeah, I read this quote. Oh, I mean, to me, Stan and Al, you know, make any argument you want. They're not directly complicit in the activities that happen. Oh, there you was know, a 107-page report. It's not up to me to comment on whether they would have liked to deal with it differently or not. I just know them as people, and I've had a relationship and friendship with them for a long time, just being part of the Blackhawks family. To me, I have a ton of respect for them as people. I'm crawling out of my own skin right now. That's so 
No. Okay. That's ignorant. That's the best way I would put it. Yep. Yep. He has no idea what he's saying. He has no idea what he's saying. And he's the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he still is, to be honest with you. Like, November 1st. November 1st, 2021. So this is this Monday. Okay. Jonathan Taze goes out and says this. I can't undo what happened. I just like to know more and more about what Kyle feels and what he wants and what he envisions for the future. Maybe someone like me in my position can make a difference. And he mentions that he'd like to backtrack on what he said initially last week. Kane said the same thing as well. Kane mentioned, I feel bad about the last time I talked. I put my personal experience with management ahead of the, ahead of the way Kyle Beach was treated by them. It takes incredible courage and pride for him to come forward. We're, we are all thinking about him. Cool. Cool, Kaner. Cool. Uh, I don't know. That means nothing to me. That means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. disgraces. Like That's disgusting what they'd said mm-hmm. and the fact that they're like, circling back and they think that they can change their answers. Like it's a fucking game. Mm-hmm. Here's a, there's, I think the thing is a saying where it's like, like the first, like what you say, like in like the first time you say something, it's like, that's how you truly feel. It literally just feels like the only reason they said it was because they got just completely picked apart online. Mm-hmm. And if your team, you would say like, do you seriously have this guy on your team? They're going to. Like, how do you put team Patrick Kane on Team USA after that? Okay, now let me talk about the U.S. Olympic team because this is an even more fucked up part right now, and this is still going on. Stan Bowman, mm. so GM of the Blackhawks, during this entire investigation, he was allowed to make yep. the first three choices for his U.S. men's Olympic hockey team for 2023. Yep. The U.S. Olympic men's team, they did not say you know what, maybe let's wait until this investigation turns out. Let's see what happens. They're like, nope, we want to know the players right now. Stan Bowman, we know you're under investigation. Make your make your selections. And he chose Patrick Kane, who was also yep. in investigation. Yep. Yep. And what's worse, Stan Bowman is out. He has also been, he's, also, G, baby. he's also resigned from his position on the U.S. Men's Olympic team. Bill Garrett. Who's taking over? Who's taking, taking over? over? Yeah. Who is also yeah. being investigated for sexual assault right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I shouldn't be this excited about it because it is really fucked I, up. But, like. I'm, like, I'm laughing at this point at how, at how just stupid. Yeah. This is not real. Come on. Yeah. Like, man. Like this is the fucked up part, right? Like, like <laughs> it. Uh, like I'm, like I'm speechless. Like I am literally speechless. Like I, like I, when it comes to the holding of Bill Guerin and like everything happened, I don't, I do not have, I don't have words. I literally do not have words. I'm like, what? Like what? Like what's happening? Like now, and I, now I think I have a short answer. To this that's, yeah, this has always been present in the sport. Um, stuff that people talk about, like the locker room talk, that guys like, ah, oh, no, this happens. It, it, it happens. You may not participate in it, but it happens. And it's, it's like, it's, 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 it's prevalent, apparently. Like in pro sports, probably in like NCAA sports, probably in high school sports. Like, look at the whole thing with the St. Uh, Mike's thing with the kid with the, with the thing in the broom closet or whatever it was. Like, like it's like, it's present. 
Like, and like, man, this is two GMs. I would like, they don't care. Probably more. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care. And there's probably more of them, if we're being honest. Like, Mm-hmm. There's probably there's probably other incidents that there, there's there's no doubt other incidents other incidents that have happened which haven't been reported and now you wonder how many of these are going to come up to light now that more of these are coming out. Bill, someone spoke out against Bill Guerin. Okay, who's next? Like, man, this is like they I, like, yeah like they like no one cares. In the sorry sorry. No one in the league cares. A lot of people outside the league care about this, but the people who matter most about and the people who can actually make a change do not care. Yep. That is the reality. And it's, this is not just limited to um, sexual assault. This is a trend that's been going on for a very long time. They mm-hmm. do not care about the safety of its players. They do not care about social justice. They do not care about uh, sexual assault and dealing with illegal activities properly. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. It's like they, like they don't care. They do not care. And you know, okay, yeah, they don't care. But sometimes change starts with players. When the players on the team from 2010 themselves yep. are not admitting that they knew about this, the problem starts there. Yep. Yeah. I know the problem was mostly with the Blackhawks management. Mm-hmm. But if the players themselves aren't going to admit that they knew about this, yep. and we all know they did. We all know they did. I don't care what Taze and Kane yep. and Keith and yep. whatever, what they said. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. They knew about this. But they're doubling down on what they said recently. They're like, oh, yeah, I guess we didn't know. Oh, my God. It's- you know, we, we kind of maybe heard about this, but it wasn't – we didn't know it was Kyle Beach. Yeah, yeah, you knew. You're just doubling down on something because you don't want to look bad. But if you really care about this, if you really care about your former fucking teammate who's now playing in Germany, you would not care. You'd go out and say, I knew about this. If you had an ounce of respect for any human being, John Tortorella said it best. What if this was your your son? Yep. What would you have done? That's a great, that's a great quote. Yep. That's that's a good reference. Yep. Yeah. Good question. Like, liar. John, uh, Joe Quenville as well. Keep saying John. <laughs> Liar. John Quenville's a hockey player, I think. Yeah, John plays for someone. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, like, man. Like Quenville, he stated in July, he was unaware of the allegations. And up to the moment he resigned, he kept that stance that he has no idea what's going on. Why did you resign? Yeah. Hold the call. I think he resigned because the, the commissioner said you have to resign. That's the reality of it. And again, I think, again, this is the problem, right? Why did you resign? Well, why? my question is, why are we given the option to resign? That's my question. And this, I think that's, I think, and that's, and that's, a, I think a lot of people have been wondering the same thing. Stan Bowman was allowed to resign. Uh, Joel Quenville was allowed to resign. Like, man like what are we like what are we doing here like it's uh... so i honestly don't know what goes into hiring or sorry firing and resigning someone Mm -hmm. i believe Mm -hmm. there's like a procedure in place i don't know why organizations do this a lot i remember reading Mm -hmm. about this in ethics class a couple years ago 
Mm. Um, why, like, why, when there's a scandal, resignations yeah. happen more than firings. There's yeah. a good reason behind it. I don't remember it right now, but okay, okay, sure. It, it yeah, like, still, it is a weird look. Mm. Still, is a weird look. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> man, this is so bad. Like, that's an understatement. Okay. And I haven't even pulled up the Batman conference yet. Okay, can can we, let's do it. I I I have so much I want to say. Like it's like. Okay, I'm gonna. This is the last bit of what we're gonna talk about the Batman conference. Yeah. This just yeah. happened, I think, like yesterday or a couple of days ago. I think it was two days ago. Yeah. yeah. So here I have the article open. I'm gonna segment this into like three different pieces, and I'm gonna read you what Batman said, and I'm gonna have your thoughts. Yeah, we can break it down. So, um, this is what we'll, again we'll drop the link to this article as well. This uh, in the news conference. So this article segments it down. Number one, when did the NHL know? Per daily, the NHL was given heads up in late December 2020 by Blackhawks team counsel to a potential or threatened civil litigation, which they claimed to have looked into and to which they said there was no merit. The NHL was not informed of the specific allegations until after the litigation was filed in May 2021 by John Doe. And the amended complaint, which had more details, was filed in July. Per Batman, the NHL did not know what was in the report until last Monday, and the independent investigation was complete. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, why was Joe Quenville allowed to coach Wednesday night versus Bruins? This is Batman now. He said this, I met with Joel Quenville on Thursday afternoon to discuss his view of the events of 11 years ago and wanted to make sure he felt he had a fair opportunity to tell me his account of what had happened. Ultimately, he decided it was best to resign, which is, you know, from my statement on Thursday evening is a decision which, with which I agree. Should he have coached on Wednesday night? I suppose people can quibble that point. I didn't understand that, but he had already coached 867 games since 2010. And I wanted to make sure that no one, including coach, coach Quenville, could say that I had prejudged him. I want to throw my table at him right now. Again, people can disagree on this, but I was yeah. focused on the long term, not yep. that one game. What? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, go keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yep. Asked later in the press conference about Quenville coaching, Bettman said, I didn't want him to feel that he was being prejudged in any respect. Mm. So really, while it may have optically not been the best look, I was more concerned with the substance than the look. Uh, Okay, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Serious question. Why can't you just have him not coach the game. That doesn't mean firing him or him resigning. What if he just takes the leave of absence? I think there was a podcast that I was listening to. They said, leave of administration. You could just take a game off. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? Yep. Why not? Who cares about prejudging? That's a valid question. It's a fucking investigation into sexual yeah. assault. What do you mean prejudging? Yeah. You're not the one judging him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to say there? Uh, I'm just, man, like, I guess, like, that quote you threw at the end there, like, I cared more about the substance than the look. Man, 
That went out the window, man, when they covered up a sexual assault investigation for 10 years. Like, when they covered up a case of sexual assault for 10 to 11 years. That's my, like, and, like, really? You're not concerned about the look? Really? Like, you are a professional sports league. The NHL. One of the, sorry, like, the hockey will never be as big in the United States, but, like, it, it is massive in Canada. And you don't care on the look of your league? Mm-hmm. Really? Now, I will preface by saying, I understand Gary Bettman's a lawyer. I know a lot of the stuff he said is just trying. To, anyways, I'll, we'll get this to later on, but like, he, like, yeah, like, he, so like, he said, like, it's a quick clarification. He said, yes, it may have optically not been the best look. So he does care about the look but he cares about the league being portrayed in a bad light more than him getting it right. That's what he was See, essentially. And, the pro- and that is the problem, Gary. Like, oh my God. Like, I, I, and I guess my main problem comes with stuff you were saying. Like, like, like why couldn't you just not, not have had him coach administrative leave or we are starting an investigation under which Joel Quenville will be questioned about his involvement in 2010 scandal. One game. We're talking about one game out of 82. Couldn't do it. Didn't have the balls to do it. Like. So on why wasn't Kevin Sheveldale of discipline? That means said the following. Interesting. Yep. There seems to be some confusion on the point of whether, despite his lack of power, position, or seniority, he should have felt free to speak up. So Kevin Sheveldale was the mm-hmm. assistant general manager of the Blackhawks in 2010. So Gary Bettman is essentially saying because of his limited authority and circumstance, he left the May 23rd, 2010. So the meeting between the five parties, mm-hmm. believing that this matter was going to be investigated by his bosses. And when Aldrich parted ways with the team, he thought that that was what would happen, what had happened. Kevin was not in a position either to be made aware of or to access additional information about what was going on after the May 23rd meeting. And he did not have such information. And he goes on to say, Kevin was such a minor player in this. Um, adding at one point during the almost hour-long press conference that Sheveldayoff was in charge of salary cap and scouting in 2010. Everyone else either forgot or did acknowledge that he was there. He had been with the Hawks for nine months. He was assistant GM with fairly limited responsibilities. This was not something that he not only had no responsibility for, that was based, that based on what was available to him in his minor, a relatively small position at the time. He had no reason to believe that anything other than the right things were going on. That's what Batman said about Kevin Sheveldayoff. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Like if you are part of that meeting with the five people, I don't care who you are. You're responsible. The only reason why Kevin Sheveldayoff, Mark Bergevin as well, he was director of player personnel on the Blackhawks. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have a quote on that one as well. Um, who else? Joe Quenville were not fired the second the investigation findings were released on the Wednesday. And when the Blackhawks held that press conference, like maybe you're wondering, why weren't they fired right there, right? Because some people would have done that. The answer is, this is what I'm thinking. They're just in different positions now, right? It's been 11 years. You know, Kevin Sheveldayoff with the Jets. Joe Quenville's on the Florida Panthers. So sad, yeah. That 11-year time frame, 
gave the lead, gave the Hawks, gave Batman enough time to be like, oh, okay, you know what? They moved on. Let's say they were on the Blackhawks. Let's say they were still on the Blackhawks. Do you think that Kevin Chevaldeff would still have his job if he was still assistant manager of the Blackhawks? Yeah, no. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. why does he have his job if he's on the Jets right now? Yeah. It's the NHL where anything is possible except justice. That's a good hey, that's a good question. Do I have an answer? No. I don't have an answer either, dude. Um like, uh, my god, like like and the whole thing where it's like Kevin didn't know if he had the authority to just say something. Okay, then like I don't want that guy working for my organization. Get the hell out of my office. Like, man, he I mean he's obviously not the only one who didn't say anything, but like you are a member of a pro sports front office. Mm-hmm. I do not care what your role is. If you hear of something happening like that, you report it. Yep. Just straightforward, and like, and that is the league's policy, which they violated. Mm-hmm. Multiple people did. Hell, like mm-hmm. everyone did, really involved the situation. And um, but no, he uh, didn't feel like he had the authority or the power to report it. So that's that's okay. That's fine and dandy. Who cares? It's a uh... shovel day off. Later went. Uh, he confirmed basically what Batman said. Uh, he was like. I left the meeting believing that the allegations would be dealt with by those above me. And there was no apology. Again, mm-hmm. to Kyle Beach, no empathy, no apology. Um, he, other, he than, said, other than, I'm sorry for the stuff that Kyle went through. Yeah, yeah. The classic line. He says, not- I need Kyle to know how very, very sorry I am and how much I admire his courage. He did not ever specify his involvement and whether or not he was sorry for not asking. Exactly. That is that is the problem. Bunch of white dudes, you're caught. They said, "Nah, we're not apologizing. I'm gonna make you apologize to me for the way I made you feel." That's basically what happened. But that's uh, that's something else for another day, I guess. I don't know. By the way, we have uh, we're not we're not attacking any white dudes, but it <laughs> it's the the old crew of the nhl it's safe to say that there's just a bunch of old white dudes who are just merry and happy with each other 24 7 and that if you if you lose your job don't worry about it you're going to get it back in just a few months on a different team the nhl gms and the presidents and whatever it's just a rotating cast of like 40 people it's a carousel over 32 teams Mm -hmm. last thing eric engels few uh he said this on a quote tweet uh last week a few of us requested to speak with Mark Bergevin in San Jose, but he won't be commenting further on Kyle Beach or the Blackhawks, already on record as having not been aware, participated in legal review, and is not mentioned in the report. The number one comment, this is by Ted Harmon at Ted H13, says, this is so hard to digest. It sounds like the entire team knew and disempowered Beach that Mark Bergevin should then go on to draft Logan Mayu speaks volumes about his thought process on this issue. Yep. Ted, you hit the nail in the coffin there. Home run. Well, like people have had, well, I think people have known this thing with Bergeron for a while though. So like again, like let's we'll just take a little 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 stroll down Mark Bergevin Lane, shall we? So um 
I've been I've been tuning this one for a while now because I think after the Logan Mayu thing, I was like, holy shit. And I was like, oh wait, this is right in this character. Um involved in so he was a part of the team um that was involved in the scandal. That's bad, really bad, awful, did nothing, even worse. Um drafted Logan Mayu in the first round. That's oh, that's awful. That's really bad. Um what happened? Um, what else happened? Oh, yeah. He tried to sign or trade for Anthony D'Angelo. Known racist. Known Trump supporter. Known anti-vaxxer. What else happened? He tried to trade for Slava Voinov. Someone who beat his wife. Mm-hmm. That happened. That's bad. That's really bad. That's awful. Can't get any worse, right? Alex Gelchenyuk. I, there's something with Gelchenyuk. I think, I think he... Uh, he was a victim of domestic, uh, domestic, like some sort of abuse with his girlfriend, and he made and Mark Bridger made made Alex Galchenyuk apologize to the to the French media. Again, I'll put an asterisk on. That one. I don't I don't know all the details on that one. So again, like, but like, if that is true, that's a horrible look. But like those four, uh, Slavoinov, D'Angelo, Mayu, and the fact he was involved in the scandal—that's what measures about the dude. I am sorry. You can talk all you want about. Oh, he. Uh, He's done so much for the Canadians organization. He got them to the cup final last year. That's great. Good for him. But dude, like the guy's a scumbag. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 I don't think there's really, really any other way to put it. And like, again, if you want to go back to the way that people were talking about him during the, like, just like right after the Logan Mew selection, who was a kid who asked who asked not to be drafted. Now I understand that's not really in his power. He can't really he can't decide whether he goes through the goes through the the media ring or not or not. But like the fact that the kid asked not to be drafted tells you everything you need to know about the situation. And Mark Bergevin wished went into it like ran into it like it was a house on fire. He said, "I'm I'm 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 a, I'm a deal with it." It's basically For no reason. You didn't have to draft him. Yeah. Why? Why did you want to draft him in the first round? That, like, that is significant. You know what this reminds me of? Uh, do you remember what what position the Montreal Canadiens had in the last draft? Isn't it like the last one? The last one that like the the, the one, one that, that just happened or? this year? Wasn't it like it was thirty first, right? 30. Yeah, it had to be thirty first. No, 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 it's thirty first, right? Because there's thirty two teams now. Yeah, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Number thirty two was Chicago Blackhawks. So, right after Logan Mayu was picked, out of here. right after Logan Mayu was picked, do you know what Stan Bowman did? Oh hell no! Was this the thing where he went onto the stage with all the women? Mm-hmm. Oh no! So Stan Bowman, right after Logan Mayu was selected, he decides to put on a performance, basically, yeah. by having eight women behind him. And essentially justifying that, hey, the Chicago Blackhawks are all about equality here. How disgusting, backward, just idiotic. I would just stop it disgusting. You have to be. That's like, that's, he was a cover up. He tried to use it as a cover up. Mm -hmm. He tried to cover up his cover up. Like, yeah. 
not saying having a woman on is bad. No, that's not the no. point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not the point. The point is like I like I think it's great if teams do that, but it's the fact that he used that idea to cover up something so disgusting and just like he was he was like forcing an image of himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the thing is, people saw right through it too. That's the other thing. Sorry, not that that really matters, and that like that shouldn't play into the decision making. But like, like what was he thinking? Like, frankly, stuff like that makes makes me that like it makes me question how smart the guy is. Devoid of intelligence, of humanity, respect. I think that's the way I would describe a Stan Bowman. Like. I don't even have words, man. Like, I really don't. Like, it's... So, okay, we, we've kind of gone on a rant now over... Yeah, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> over all these people in the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> I want to draw one final bit of attention back to Kyle Beach because yeah, gonna, yep. a lot of people were saying this as well. 100%, I echo with the sentiment. He's a hero. Like, the fact that he revealed mm-hmm. himself... And that, you know, he came out as John Doe and then he admitted that this is what I went through. I had to live through this for 11 years, but now I'm going to, I'm going to publicly claim that this was me and that now I'm going to try to lead. Hopefully this is the start of something new for the, not only the NHL, but the sports world and the entire planet where things like this resolve Mm -hmm. much quicker than they usually are. Um, There's so many lessons that we can learn from this entire situation so again, if you made it up to this point of the episode, Simon and I want to thank you. Um, yeah. But like this specific topic has been something that's kind of transcended the hockey world over the last mm-hmm. week. And honestly, I'm so personally glad it has. Yeah. Like, yeah, like stuff, like it's, it's been a really like, I don't want to say gloomy because I think like it's I don't think that's really the right way to put this this kind of situation. Like it has been gloomy, but I think it's also been very productive for the league. I think it's allowed a lot of people to kind of look in the mirror and reflect on terms of okay, like especially people in the league, like like what did I do? Well, sorry, unless you're any member of the Chicago Blackhawks organization, the commissioner, the uh, if your name is Bill Daly, if you're not any any one of those people, it's it looks like a lot of people have been reflecting and actually they're kind of like hopefully trying to make the league better except for the people that actually that's actually that's actually important but like it's like it's a it's i don't want to it's obviously not good this happened but i think i at least hope people like in the league use this as a lesson like and people actually Mm -hmm. learn from this even though like in my opinion like like what like what's to learn from this like I would have thought that this is common sense. Someone gets sexually, anyways. Like I'm not gonna go off another rant, but like, it's, it's just been a lot. Like it's been a really, I think it's been a really long week for a lot for a lot of people. Like just in hockey in general, just because like, this league has no like the last two like last week, it has gone from being about hockey, going from being about hockey to, like, illegal activity in the league. And from what it looks like, it's not going to get any better. So again, I just, I think we just need to keep being productive. We need to keep learning from these, not, not keep learning, but keep learning about the information that's coming out and then act appropriately. Yep. Because like, if we just do nothing about it, like 
like what happened like like another child got sorry, like after 10 years of them doing nothing about uh brad aldrich uh he after he left the blackhawks he went to go assaulted someone else that's and i and i guess like i just hope if there are any victims sorry there, there, sorry there will always be victims this 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 will always happen as like as shitty as it is it, this happens i just hope that this story gives people more courage to speak up about these things to help fix the problem to go encourage people to seek help yep because i know like it's being a i can't imagine what that's like i've never had to go through and i've I've never had to go through anything like that. And I'd never hope, I hope no one ever does. And I hope, I hope I, ne- I never have to, but like, it's something that I think it's a reality check basically. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's the best way that I could put it as well. So we're going to wrap this one here again. We are going to put some helpful resources in the description of this episode so all the articles, all the videos that we referenced, we're going to pin them there. Um, and then again, most importantly, if you are a victim of sexual assault, if you ever were, there is help available. We're going to drop some helpful links to whom you can contact and reach out to as well. Um, but for now, we stand with Cal Beach and we applaud him for his bravery. <laughs>